Hello, and welcome to Cornerstone's High School Ministry Podcast. This message, given by Kyle Baker, is the first message in our God Can You Hear Me series and deals with where you should pray. You guys know what we're uh, we're preaching about? Prayer. We are not. That is incorrect. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, that is true. (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) Yes, we are preaching on prayer. And do you guys kind of remember what I, what I told you guys on Sunday about it? We kind of talked about it, but I challenge you to do two things. Do you guys remember what they were? To not talk. Not indefinitely. I'm not that mean. Just like, don't talk for a week. There are some people I'd like to tell that to, but no, it's not. Talk, not talk during prayer. That was one of them. And the other one was what? Do you remember? God always answers prayer, but sometimes it's a no. Yeah. So I want to amend the first one. You guys know what an amendment is? Like you have like a law and then you change something to it. So uh, thinking about it this weekend and reading the scripture for today, I realized that, you know, I do want sometimes for you guys that you don't talk because I'm trying to involve that in my own prayer life because I'm honestly, I'm just not very good at prayer. Even though I'm a pastor, I pray a lot. People come to me for expert advice. Why? I don't know. Do I look like I have expert advice? No, not really. So I'm not an expert on prayer, and so all the things I know about prayer obviously get from Scripture and from people older than wiser than me. And I do have a book on prayer that I read, and I, at one time I was good at it because I spent a lot of time with the Lord. And I noticed that being good at prayer was more about listening than talking, less about asking God for stuff and about receiving stuff from Him. So I, I do want to amend that first one where I said just don't talk this week. I do want you to say something. So I do want you to have some times where you just receive stuff from God. And we'll talk about that tonight, where you are just silent and God is speaking to you, because that's part of the relationship with God. And then the other part of it is, is what we're going to talk about tonight, is how you talk to God. So a lot of the Bible is filled with prayer, if you didn't know it. Psalms, are a lot of them are prayers. They're, they're sometimes they're very dark ones, where they think God is very, very far away. And they, they're kind of mad at God, and they're saying, hey, all this stuff, bad stuff happening to me, where are you? And so... The Bible has a lot to say about good things and bad things. Some of them are bad in Psalms. Like I said, people are wondering where God at. Some of them are good where they're just praising God. And some of them are in between, and we don't know why they're praying for things, like a camel or something like that. I don't know why. But sometimes the Bible's hard to understand. But we won't have time to go through everything the Bible talks about in terms of prayer. But we're gonna, what we are going to do, which is always a good practice, is hear what Jesus has to say about it. So if you guys brought your Bibles, hopefully some of you did, if you did bring your Bibles, we're going to be in two places. Uh, one of them I'm going to be reading from. The other one, we're just going to be a reference. So one of them is Matthew 5, and the other one's Luke. I forget. No, it's Luke 11. I'm just kidding. That's going to be the main one we're talking about tonight. Okay? Just for fun, anybody have a guess as to what Jesus says about prayer? Anybody have a guess? I'm always curious. What people. What's up? Pray constantly? Is that what you said? <laughs> I like that. She looked to pray constantly. Oh, crap, I spoke. <laughs> that was awesome. It is true. Jesus does say pray constantly. You're right. We're going to actually talk about that today. I realize that prayer is on my brain a lot this week, not only because I'm preaching on it, but just because uh, I've had a lot of people ask me about prayer. And, uh, hey, Colton, did you see Stephen outside? Yeah. If you saw Stephen outside, bring him back in if possible. Um, <clears throat> I know prayer is on my mind because I did something really dumb, which is, is quite frequent for me is I was calling a bunch of people uh, for fifth grade parents to try to welcome them into middle school ministry. And I'm making a bunch of calls, and I must have been tired or something like that because I was leaving a bunch of messages, 
And I ended this one message. I was like, okay, I hope you get to come uh, to our church and stuff like that. In Jesus' name, I'm praying crap. And I held up, hang up the phone. And I was just like, I hope crap wasn't on there, <laughs> like on their voicemail message. But instead of saying goodbye, I said, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> on the phone. It, had, it was not even a prayer. It was literally like, I hope your student, you know, gets welcome to our church, and I hope that, you know, they come on Tuesday nights, and here's what happens on Sundays. Okay, in Jesus' name, amen, crap. And I hung up the phone. Okay, definitely not how to pray, right? Definitely not how to pray. So, while I don't think there's an incorrect way to pray, there's probably a, a better way to pray than others. I have a little video to illustrate. You guys remember the video we showed on Sunday? Oh, yeah, Talladega Nights. Okay, I'm going to show you a video of the person that when I watch him, he makes me the most awkward, okay? I've never, I've never cringed in like cinema or, or a series or something like that as much as this guy makes me feel awkward. He's great at it. Him and, uh, oh, what's his name? What's, his, what's the guy's name from The Office? Steve Carell. Steve Carell and this dude make me the most awkward when I watch them. So we have, are we going to have sound? Good job, Anthony. Good job. Okay, can we dim the lights? I'm ready for this. Let's do this. Is there someone up there? Let's go, Nick. Nick, where were you at? Where were you? Hi, Nick. Okay, you ready? You ready to dim the lights? We're all waiting on you, Nick. It's cool. All right. Greg, would you like to say grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish dad. You know that. You're telling me Jews don't pray, honey? Unless you have some objection. No, 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 I'd love to. Pam, come on, it's not like I'm a rabbi or something. I said grace and many a dinner table. That's... Okay. Oh, dear God. Thank you. You are such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day and each day by day. Day by day, by day. Oh, dear Lord, three things we pray. To love thee more dearly, to see thee more clearly, to follow thee more nearly, day by day, by day. Amen. Amen. Oh, Greg, that was lovely. Thank you. <laughs> when you first become a Christian and you don't know how to pray, that's what they sound like. Seriously. You're just like, uh, you God guy, please do stuff. Okay, bye. <laughs> I love it because middle schoolers, that's what they do sometimes. They, so if they don't know how to pray, they say bye. It's awesome. <laughs> They're just like, because I mean, it's not, it's okay. They don't know how to say amen afterwards and stuff like that. So like, hey, God, please let me shoot this guy with a headshot in my game today. Okay, bye. <laughs> so
So prayer could be really awkward, and it, it is for a lot of us sometimes. It's sometimes awkward when we're by ourselves. It's definitely awkward when we're around other people because sometimes we feel like people are doing that whole thing where they're like open their eyes and sometimes you think, are they making faces at me as I'm praying? Or like, are, are people secretly trying to pass gas because no one will say something while you're praying? And so what, what are they doing? Or you're just judging your own words and you know, you're sweating profusely sometimes when you're praying. I don't know if you guys ever do that. I'm a sweater, not the kind you put on like a cardigan, but like a sweating. And so, like, when I first started praying, it was, like, it was anxiety for me because I would sit there and I'd be like, oh, I need to not screw this up. <laughs> you know, I need to not be bad at prayer. And I'm sure God is upstairs going, like, dude, trust me, you're bad, but it's okay. You know, it's, it's totally fine about that. So, uh, we do have an example of how to pray in the Bible, what God says uh, through Jesus Christ about how to pray. And most of you probably know this prayer. Uh, it's found in Matthew 5, or 5 or 6, and then also in Luke. And they're a little different. And I think there's a reason they're a little different. So pretty much it goes like, you know, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You guys heard that one before? Yeah, it's something that you, you probably heard a lot before. Luke's account is just slightly different. He leaves out some of the words. Some, some stuff is in a little bit different order. And so it's not meant to be a prayer formula. Like every time you pray to God, you must only say those words or else God's going to smite you. While that might be cool to witness, it's probably not true. You know, you're just like, dude, I hate this person. Yeah, yeah why don't you say the prayer like this? <laughs> so... It, it's not supposed to be a formula, but Jesus does tell us some things in this prayer. And so I'm going to read it in Luke. It's Luke chapter 11, and it says, One day when Jesus was praying in a certain place. So Jesus apparently had a place where, he, place where he prayed to, and Jesus was actually known for going off by himself for long periods of time and getting away from the disciples to be alone with God, which is an interesting concept because Jesus Christ is God incarnated. He, he's come down and become Jesus Christ. So it's weird if you think about it, God needed time to spend with God. Wrap their head around that one. <laughs> so when he finished, one of his disciples asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John taught his, his disciples, disciples how to pray. So I almost think it's funny, is like, I wonder if his disciples were watching him from a distance, and they're like, that dude is so good at praying, look at him go. You know, and there's, he's just probably sitting in one place, you know, doing nothing. And so they want to know how to pray. And so because they trust Jesus, and Jesus has got this connection with God that no one else does, is that they figured, hey, you know, if John the Baptist can teach those guys how to pray, and they're good at it, how much better can Jesus do? And so they asked Jesus, you know, teach us to pray. And so this is what Jesus says. This is the shortened version. He says, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, forgive our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Okay? And then afterwards, he goes on to tell this very simple parable. I'm going to read that as well. So suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. So Jesus is, has a knack for doing this. You ask him a question, and he goes off into this story, and you're like, dude, what does it have to do with what I just said? I just want some bread. You just told me a parable about donkeys. I'm just hungry, man. <laughs> Jesus does that a lot, where he, you ask him something, and he will give you an answer, sometimes in the form of a parable, and then he will go on and kind of, uh, not one-up, but he will extend what you're talking about to be more meaningful. He won't just answer your question. He improves upon it by saying, hey, you're not asking this, but I'm going to tell you this anyways. 
And so he says, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Okay, so what is he talking about right here? Now, it's a parable, which means it probably didn't actually take place. Jesus is telling a story. And part of the story is about God. Part of the story is about a person. So God's kind of like the guy in the house. He's not cranky and stuff like that, but he's kind of like the guy in the house. And so God's saying, you know what, if you come to me uh, very, very often and you bug me, basically, I'm going to answer your prayer. I want you to come to me and continue to talk about it. But it's late at night. And if you ever had somebody come at your house late at night, it's kind of weird sometimes, right? Especially if your kids are asleep. You know, I might try to get my son to bed around 8, 8.30, and someone comes downstairs, and they ring the doorbell. You know, I become very unchristian. You know, as I'm running down the stairs, I look for an object, you know, to come to go with the door. Usually it's a guitar by my door. And I'm just like, cool, I'm going to tell this guy about Jesus, why he's unconscious. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I totally would, would not do that. I'd stick my wife on him. <laughs> So, you know, you go to the door and you're like, man, my, my, my kid's sleeping. You know, you shouldn't have rung that doorbell and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, I'm so desperate. I need something, please. But no, you know, you shut the door in their face, they come back. Please, I'm really desperate. No, absolutely not. Shut the door in their face. You come, they come back and you're like, okay, fine. If I give you bread, will you leave? Yes, I will. So that's kind of what he's telling him about God is you've got to be persistent. It may be no for a while, but you've got to come back to God and he will say yes. It's kind of a weird way to describe God, but that's what Jesus chooses, so that's what we're going with, okay? So before that, Jesus, I believe, teaches about five things about prayer, okay? If you're a note taker, you can, you can take notes if you'd like. If not, to, if not, you can be mental. If you want to fall asleep, you can do that. I'll pretend you're praying, okay? Sounds good. So the first part about it is when you pray, say, Father, it's very important that we understand we don't pray to Jesus, and we don't pray to the Holy Spirit. Jesus is clear on this. We pray to the Father. Now, not to go into too much detail, but if you don't know, God is in, is in a Trinitarian. He's a Trinitarian God. It doesn't mean there's three of him. It just means God is naturally a community. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All of them are the same, but all of them are different. It's something that our minds just can't grasp. So don't even try. Your head will probably explode. And I don't like you enough to clean up the mess around here. So please don't. So just take my word for it. So God is a natural community. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son in Jesus Christ. So Jesus is very adamant about saying, you don't pray to me, you pray to God the Father. But all of them are involved in this process. When you're praying, you're asking God the Father for something. You are empowered through the Holy Spirit, and Jesus is the person who enables you to get that message towards God. So all of them are there. So some people if do pray to Jesus. You know, some people pray to the Mother Mary, and I won't talk necessarily about that, but I would say based on Jesus' teaching, he is very clear that we are to talk to God the Father. And most of the time, we usually start that way, especially traditionally people say, you know, Father, thank you for this, or Father, I need this. And I think it's a good indicator of how we should see God because God's a parent. We're all children. We're all his children. And so we need to understand that God is a parent and he takes care of us. So the first one is acknowledging God. You've got to acknowledge him. You've got to acknowledge God the Father. The second one is to praise God. So again, this isn't meant to be a formula, like you're supposed to say these exact words, 
But when you pray, Jesus is kind of telling us, in your prayer life, before you do anything else, you should do these things. So know you're praying to God the Father. <clears throat> Second, hallowed be our name. You've got to realize that God's holy. When you come to meet God, it's, it's a holy time. It's not like any other time. It's, it's different than worship. It's different than reading your Bible. It's different because God is holy, and it is a time for just you and him. On Sunday, we talked about Jesus telling us to pray. He says, go into your room, shut the door, and be by yourself. It is a holy time between you and God. So yes, you can joke around with God because, you know, he invented humor, so he can totally take that. You know, sometimes when I see the gingers on the planet, I know he's a God of humor because he's mean to create people who get beat up all the time. <laughs> so <clears throat> you know he's a God of humor. But understand that it is also a holy time. It is a holy time because God is a holy God, and he is worthy of being praised in this time. So I challenge you in your prayer life, don't just ask to God. Ask God for something. Acknowledge him as God the Father, but also praise him and say, God, you are good. No matter how I feel right now, and sometimes we feel like poop, is that he is holy no matter what, and he is good. And so Jesus is telling us, hey, you know, praise God because he, he deserves it. The other thing is relying on God. So it says, God, give us each your daily bread. So God wants us to ask him for stuff that we need, not for what we want. Ever notice that when you pray for stuff you want, most often you really don't get it? You know, you're just like, God, I really want, you know, I don't know, that girl over there, or something like that. And God's like, no. One, you're 16 and she's 35, so that's weird, okay? Hey, that's why I said it's weird. That's why I said it's weird. I've heard, I've heard people pray that, and it's just like, oh, you got, you got problems, you know, <laughs> sort of deal. So God is saying, you know, pray for the things you need. You know, you need food, you need water, you need, you need care, you need a house over your head and stuff like that. Pray for things you need, and, and, and God is more likely to give those things to you because he knows the needs you have. So rely on God for the things you need, not for the things you want. Because the things you want, they're just that, they're wants. But rely on God for stuff that you need, because sometimes we can't provide them for ourselves. A simple illustration is, you know, when my wife and I bought a house here recently, is, you know, it was very much miraculous circumstances. You know, we moved out of our, our, our my mother-in-law's house, and we wanted to come down here to be closer to the church, be closer to you guys. And we're just like, you know what, God, there's a lot of people buying up houses right now. There are people with more money than us. Here's what we need. We'd like to be close to the church to be able to hang out with students more. You know, we'd like to, to be able to be close to our church, to be able to have people over our house, to mentor people, to love on them. Uh, we need this place so we can do more work for you. And he came through miraculously. You know, we were one of 11 people bidding on a house. We weren't the highest. Um, and the Holy Spirit was all over this thing, and the people picked us out of all that. And then there were some complications, and God moved all those aside, and he said, you know what, you guys need this. I'm going to give it to you. And so I know prayer works, but most of the time it's stuff you need, not for what you want. Okay, fourth thing, remembering God. Okay? Forgive us our sins, and we also forgive everyone who sins against us. So we've got to remember some things about God when we pray. He has allowed us into this relationship. You see, before Jesus Christ, he was a little more distant than most of us. He was trying to get close to us because we were sinful and hurtful to other people. We couldn't get that close. And so we have to remember what he's done for us. 
even in our prayer life, God, thank you for just being here with me. You created the heavens and the earth and all of creation. You decide to spend five minutes today with me. That, that concept is lost on us now. You know, either because we pray so often, either we don't believe it's true, or it's just we're just not impressed by a lot of things anymore. And that's probably true. Not a lot of things impress us anymore. It takes a lot. And so sometimes we, we forget that the God of the universe, who could destroy everything in a word, decides to meet us in our room and decides to remind us that, hey, don't forget, my son died on the cross so we could have this conversation. We got to remember that. We have to remember that God forgave our sins, and we have to remember that we should do likewise. It says, forgive our sins, and as we forgive also everyone who sinned against us. So remembering what God did for us means we have to do likewise. God of the universe loves us so much that he would spend five minutes with us. And he loves us so much that he asked us to do the same as well. Okay, go out and do likewise. Fourth thing. Sorry, that was the fourth thing, right? This is why I'm in ministry. I'm never good at math. Okay. Fifth thing. Going to God. Lead us not into temptation. God tells us that we've got to continually go to him. And then on to the next parable. Over and over and over again. I don't know if you guys are like me, but there are sometimes I do not want to pray. Absolutely not. It's usually when I've done something stupid. Either when I've hurt my wife, you know, either verbally or emotionally. And I'm just like, the last thing I want to do is be in God's presence because I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of what I've done. Or other times I know a good deed that I should have done. Even as a pastor now, I mess up all the time. I know I should have given someone more time. Or I know I should have given that person, you know, five bucks. Or I know I should have given them, you know, a ride home or something like that. And I chose to do something that was more important to me. The last thing I want to do is be in God's presence because I don't want him to remind me of that thing. I don't want him to say, hey, why didn't you go do that thing? And I'm ashamed. And it's really not what God does in our prayer life. He doesn't go, hey, I'm going to, you know, show you a short film of all the stupid stuff you've done this week. Because it probably wouldn't be a short film, it would be a long film. But we've got to continue to go back to him because he wants us to be in his presence, especially when we feel terrible, especially when we don't want to be in his presence. We've got to go back because he loves us dearly. And so he continues on in this, and he says something very important, Jesus does, and starting in verse 9. He tells us a little bit about the character of God as a parent, okay? None of your parents, well, except Matt. I am definitely a parent, okay? I've got a two-year-old. He is, like, all over the place. Love my son very dearly. Rebecca, you've watched him before. He is awesome. He does all sorts of things. He jumps on you when you're not looking, you know. He'll get this, like, battle cry. He'll be like, wah, you know. Sometimes he carries something with him to hit you and stuff like that. And I love giving my kid good things. I love keeping bad things away from him, you know, like fire and blow torches and stuff like that. But, well, fire is a bad thing, trust me. <laughs> that would be scary. But I love him giving him good things. Nothing gives me more joy than to give my son something that's good for him that he enjoys. The other day, it's funny because my, my, my wife has had this practice of like telling these little white lies to our son. Because, uh, and don't tell her I told you this. This sermon's going to be recorded, and then hopefully she doesn't listen to it. <laughs> but sometimes, like, when he does something and we can't undo it, like, we went to the beach a couple weeks ago, and uh, we went surfing, and we were playing around the sand, and he buried one of his toys. You ever seen the movie Cars? Uh, Mater, one of the guys on there. He loves Mater. 
he buried his, his mater into the, into the sand, and we could not find it. We looked all over the place. And so eventually, we, my wife is just like, oh, yeah, it's in the stroller. He's like, oh, okay. You know, we get in the car. She, she's like, where, where is it? She's like, oh, it's at home now. And he's in his head, he's like, wait a minute, I brought you to the beach. Like, there's no way that, I, you know, it, it, it's not here. And so eventually, he kind of figured it out. He's just like, Mater's at the beach, isn't he? And we're just like, yeah, Mater's at the beach. And he's like, ah, you know, he does the whole crying thing. <clears throat> and then my wife takes him to the store and buys him a brand new Mater. He looks a little bit different, so we said, hey, he's got some modifications. Another little white lie to our son. And he was so overjoyed, you know. And it's something so small, but it's something he loves. And we gave it to him, and he was overjoyed. Or when he's hungry, we give him a good piece of food, and he's just like, oh, this is so awesome. You know, when mommy's not looking, I give him all the candy and stuff like that. It's great. She's just like broccoli. And I was like, yeah, we'll totally eat broccoli. I got you, dude. Snickers bar. Let's do this. <laughs> so it's, uh, he doesn't eat too many. He's like 10 or 12. It's fine. <laughs> They're this big. It's cool. Cookies, yogurt, and stuff like that. I love giving him stuff. I love buying him things. Like I'm trying to like curb his, his appetite for sports and stuff like that. Like my dad got him a golf set. And no offense, but if I, I play sports that you have to sweat at, okay? So sorry. If you play golf, it's very hard. I've played it before, but I'm just like, oh, golf's yucky. You know, let's play like football and, you know, water polo. Don't say anything about water polo because it's awesome. Okay, don't care what you think. Or baseball or something like that. Or basketball, even better. And so, uh, you know, I buy him a basketball and I'm so excited to give him these little things because he gets excited about it. He's like, yeah. I love giving him good things. And God likewise enjoys giving us good things. And so this is what he says in verse 9. He says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Those who seek find. And to those who knock, the door will be opened. Jesus is again talking about prayer. And he's saying, think of, you know, your conversation with God is, is when you ask something in his name and you are genuine and it's a need, God will give it to you. And he continues on and says, Which of you fathers... If your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. That's a terrible dad. You're like, hey, dad, could I have some, uh, some goldfishes? Sure. He's a rattlesnake. Can you imagine, like, putting that up on the table? You're just like, orange goldfishes, rattlesnake. Horrible, you know? It would be very, very bad. It would be very entertaining for, like, five seconds, but it would be terrible afterwards, you know? That's true. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Goldfish, dead snake. They're pretty close. That's very true. It's totally true. So he says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? A good father's not going to do that. A snake is harmful to his son. But a goldfish, especially for my little kid, is something he would love. Or if he asks for an egg, who will give him a scorpion? Can you imagine that running around in Easter and you're like, ah! <laughs> you know? You're just like, would you get chocolate bunny? Would you get scorpion? You know? terrible obviously they're out in the desert and stuff like that and so snakes and scorpions were very prevalent at that time you know very scary things you know scorpions are not to be messed with and he continues on if you then though you are evil and that's hard for us to get jesus is telling us at some point you know we're, we're not good people we're only good because god makes us good in fact most of our uh, uh, most of our life is, is spent kind of holding evil at bay, or trying not to do evil ourselves. And Jesus says, though you are evil, know uh, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So Jesus is saying, you know, you biological parents, you give good things to your children and you love them. You give good things at your disposal. Think about what God gives because everything is at his disposal. All the riches in the world, all the food in the world, everything is his. And so God's telling us that through our prayer life, we can ask him for things. And if we come to him with these, you know, praise and honor and remembering what he has done for us and our needs, is that he has the whole world and more at his disposal to give us. So the reason I wanted to amend what I talked about earlier about not saying anything to God is I want you to try to do these things. Maybe not say actually this whole prayer, follow ha Father, hallowed be your name. But maybe you do something like this, you know, God, thank you for being, being my dad. Whether you have a good dad or not, thanks for taking care of me when I can't take care of myself. You're holy. You're worthy to be praised. Even if I don't, if, even if I don't like you, even if I don't want to be in your presence, even if I don't care about you, even if I don't believe in you, none of that matters because God is good. You're worthy to be talked to. Your kingdom come. I want stuff that happens on your, in your heaven to happen here. I want us to look more like you. Lord, pray, I pray that you give me the stuff that I need, not the stuff I want. Give me what I need. You know my needs already. And God, help me remember what your son did on the cross for me. Help me remember that was a, a serious thing. You went through a lot of pain and hardship and humiliation. Sometimes we forget that before Jesus was crucified, he was beaten and ridiculed and dragged through the streets and made fun of and bloodied and hung up and suffocated and starved and made a fool in front of the entire world. We forget those things. Lord, thank you for doing that stuff. And Lord, just continue to draw me near to you. What if you start a prayer like that? I think that's what Jesus is saying. Because I don't know about you guys, a lot of the times my prayers are, are, are short or they're meal-based. Good food, good meat, good God, let's eat, let's do this, you know? <laughs> or sometimes people ask me to say a blessing and I say, you know, bless the conversation. Uh, and I'm always asking God for things. Jesus doesn't say to ask for much. Give us what we need. The rest of it is just honoring God and meeting him where he is and being in his presence. And so that's part of what our prayer life should look like. And if your prayer life, myself included, doesn't look like that, we need to start. And so this week, those are your two challenges. One, maybe it's three now. Again, I told you I'm not good at math. One thing, don't pray during some, or don't talk during some of your prayer time. Don't pray. <laughs> Getting tired. That's why I need more coffee. <laughs> like, Mom, my pastor told me not to pray anymore. He did what? <laughs> Getting all sorts of calls and emails. Try sometime this week, between now and Sunday even, is it just be on the receiving end during your prayer time. Don't say anything. Just be receptive. Just be like, God, I'm here. I'm available. It's going to be awkward. Not as awkward as Ben Stiller in that thing, but it's going to be awkward. Day by day by day. <laughs> So just be on the receiving end of it. Just, just say, God, I'm available to you. I want to hear you. And then in the other parts of your prayer life, acknowledge who God is. God, thank you for being my parent. You're holy and good. You know, forgive my sins. Encourage me to not, you know, hold other people's sins against me, hold grudges. Give me the stuff I need, Lord. Help me, help draw me near to you. And then start your prayer. Right? And the other thing is realize that God, 
hears all your prayers and that it just might be nice sometimes. And we have to be okay with that. And it's hard to do that. So I'm going to pray in just a second.